What's up, y'all? This is the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast, and I am Kickstand, Devin Braun. I am being joined by Biker Mike from Mars, who is finishing pouring his beer right now. I am doing it like, almost like I know what I'm doing. I know it. <laughs> I don't. You you just got here in the nick of time. Yeah, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta unpause this just so, just so Devin can start talking. <laughs> <laughs> right on, brother. Mm. I poured myself a nice tall glass of beer, and uh, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Are you happy to be here today? I am. I am now. I'm still having trouble motivating myself to get out of the house right now. Oh, when it's this cold, it's like, I don't want to get up. Yeah, don't want to get up. I don't want to start my truck. I'm blessed to have the studio in my house, (laughs) because it makes it a lot easier. I even thought about recording one by myself. I'm like, I could just record one. I just talk to myself like tired, and it's fine. I know. You're the one with the studio, yet I'm the one that's trying to start a second podcast. Right? What's wrong with you? (laughs) I was thinking about that. Okay, you you are starting it. We're working on it. It's it's, it's work in progress, getting everything uh, everything set up. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought, what kind of podcast would I start given the opportunity to start, if if I were to start my own, like just one on my own that you don't have to worry about and then I just get to talk shit. And you know my feeling on hot takes. Mm -hmm. I'd probably do a far more often, like every other day, recording something on just shit that's going on, like uh, with the balloons, with the oh, so you would actually do one of hot hot takes, takes and 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 just point out the like the absolute insanity of what's going on, and oh, the train derailment and the black smoke and EPUS setting everything on fire, and I'm like. Well, there's got to be some reasoning to it. I'm a, I'm a good faith individual, even with the mm-hmm. organization that I disagree with, like EPA, uh, or the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, uh, where uh, I would I would do a hot takes one. I'd be like, I hate these. Well, simultaneously, I would love to do one and tell everyone to calm down most of the time. That would be awesome. Shut you up should do and it. Calm down. Any, anything, what, would I, what should I call it? Anything that tells anybody to like calm their tits, you should do. So you can Just, call it calm oh, your tits. Calm your tits. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Calm Your Tits. It's me, Biker Mike. Yeah. If you thought this was going to be pretty like Devin's, fuck you. (laughs) I did have somebody come up to me and he really wants to listen to our podcast because he knows Mm -hmm. us and loves us while simultaneously being like, I can't handle the language. Like every three minutes you guys swear and I can't do it. And I'm like, I would love to have you on. And and actually talk about that. I'm like, why do you? Why, why does this upset you? And then actually have a good conversation about it. But at the same time, I'm like, it's, it's being called out by somebody who doesn't actually listen. But it's because they get they want to, but they can't. Like, I know, but I mean, like we've kind of manufactured that. We've baked that. We've baked that into the cake, right? Yep. Like yeah. We uh, it's kinda we we kind of do it because we know it, it turns people off a little bit. Yeah. Because we hate succeeding. Uh, yes, I hate success. <laughs> That's obvious. Obviously, if I, if I wanted, <laughs> that's a that's a good word. <laughs> Obliviously. Uh, but yeah, there's just a certain level of this is what we're doing here, and it's going to be fun, and it is hella fun. And uh, yeah, just like I'd love to still have them on though. 
and just pick his brain and maybe change his mind and be like, okay, can we change his mind? He may not agree with us, but at least kind of see what we're doing and why and, and how it kind of changes the way people view us and uh, our faith and our worldview or maybe change their worldview, which would be great because I want everyone to think like me. I'd really appreciate that. Wouldn't it make everything easier? <laughs> if everyone just agreed with me all the yeah. time. So. Like if you could just be Grand Pooba of the universe... Like, shit would be a lot easier for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Everything would be chaos. Everything would be... <laughs> Welcome to or the harder. nation. Maybe it'd be, like, careful what you wish for. Like, it's... Welcome to the nation of calm your tits. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about... Stop it. That's got to... Stop. <laughs> calm your tits has a ring to it, man. It does have a ring. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I would be sitting there getting heated the whole time, and I'm like, everyone, <clears> calm <throat> down! Everyone but me. Yes. That would be great. I, hmm, hmm. I think it, well, let me know if you're hearing this and you want to hear more Calm Your Tits hot takes. That would be, yeah. I'd be interested to, to see to see what you would do. The thing is, there's so much going on all the time. All the time. And I would it would be like, record, release, record, release. Like, it would be just one after the other. Like, I'd, as soon as it's recorded, I would release it. No schedule, no weekly, or maybe in the way of... I record on Tuesdays. I release on right after it's done. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday <coughs> or Thursdays, record, done. I just do it. But I don't want to commit to that much time because no one's fucking paying me. Well, I mean, that one you could kind of just do whenever you feel like it. I know. That's right? what I mean. Like that, uh, that's what I mean by the time commitment. But it yeah. would be a record. So you would be getting my fresh take on something. But you're not going to get like this one. Who knows when we're Yeah, who knows like when it's when dropping. Are we dropping it three it's the weeks opposite from now? Of, it's the opposite of a hot take. It's a stone cold take. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, uh, no, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about sports ball two weeks after the Super Bowl happened. And it'll be released a month after, after we the- recorded it or after that. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not good at it. Anyways. Yeah, uh, so cats out of the bag, talking about sports ball. Yeah, we're going to co- talk about sports ball <laughs> in a minute. And I this, wanna, I wanna, this episode is your baby. You, you're the one that had the thing in his craw you wanted to talk about. Well, so not I'm, even so much a thing in my craw. I just... Okay, th- there's something about being a Canadian, not having the same level of sports teams like America does. And, and they love their sports. They love football. I don't mind football. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's it's good. I like the plays. I like I like that America. Everyone tries to rip on Canada for having bigger balls and bigger fields, or no, like say, oh, we're better because of that. I'm like, really? You give? Oh, you're talking about CFL. CFL, like okay, comparing yeah. the CFL to the NFL, where CFL has bigger balls, <laughs> bigger fields, and the players are more than likely smaller. So it's I, that doesn't sound more exciting to me. Well, I mean, it's it's a little bit more exciting from a play-by-play way because, like, uh, NFL has four downs, yeah. you know, before you have to give over, turn over the ball, right? Yeah. So you have more running plays because they have more opportunities to move forward in small increments. Yes. And the Canadian way with the three the three downs plus a longer field means teams have to take more risks in order to advance further. Yes. The but, I- the idea is for it to make more dynamic play. Yes, right. Like where more more throws. More... I feel like throwing bigger guys and 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 that in a smaller field, just it forces play to happen. It's it's going to you something's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. 
but something is going to happen. It's going to be great hits. Well, I mean, it, it, could, shotgun just, plays it could just be gridlock. It's like with hockey. Like oh, yeah. when, when you watch Olympic hockey, it's way more entertaining than the vast majority of NHL games yep. because of the extra space created on the field. Yeah. Like extra on, space on the, on the ice. Right. And as a fan, the tribalism, like the, the literal tribalism <coughs> of I am Canada. This is my team. Same with people in yeah. soccer and shit. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in, in regards, like, let's leave that out for a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, But as far as just having more space, like, there's less, like, you know, you're shrinking the players when you make the like, yes. the ice rink or the, the field bigger, and it opens it up for more talented people to be able to do creative things rather than getting gridlocked with body contact. Yes, okay, I hear what you're saying. Like, that's, that's the theory anyway. Yeah, I do feel like... Canada and the United States would do a lot better in the Olympics. I know we do really well in the Olympics already, but when you have a sm- the smaller rink that they're used to, they know the <coughs> spacing, they know how many strides they need to get from one line to the next. And yeah, it could be exciting for us, but I'm fine with it being a bigger rink. It's not a big deal. Like Canada's proven time and time again that they're very good no matter the rink size. So, I I am a hockey fan. Well, at least I used to be. I'm not as much as a fan as I used to be because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have cable anymore and I don't care. The, that was the big thing for me. I was huge into hockey until I got rid of cable. And at that point, I was like, oh, like, like I don't want to pay as much as a cable package just for NHL. Just to know, wa- yeah, watch my team yeah, it's lose like, most um, of the time. Yeah, so I just... <laughs> got over it yeah i I care just not enough to last year i kind of got back in when the playoffs came around oh yeah the oilers were were actually doing all right yeah and i was like oh man this is actually exciting to to go over to my dad's place to watch it or or go to the go to the bar he doesn't live far pay attention and see that's something that i notice when it comes to football in canada we don't have a super bowl we've got the gray cup which is a very low-key event. Low-key event, comparatively. Most Canadians, most, uh, okay, maybe not most, a lot of Canadians do not care about the NFL most of the time. But when it comes time for Super Bowl, you're still getting asked. It's like, hey, are you going to watch it anywhere? Oh, are you having a I party? Don't know, like, I know people that still continually I know, I, go. I'm just saying, like, I know, like, almost everybody I know that likes sports in general plays pretty close attention to the to the NFL. Uh, yeah. But even people who don't pay close attention, given the opportunity to go to a sports, uh, Super Bowl party, they're going. It's like, I know about sports-ish. I'll go watch that game. But they don't, that is they don't true. watch everything leading up to it. That is true. Everybody else that I know that get, doesn't give a shit about sports, they're all about going to that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Like it's that. like the commercials are great. The <laughs> halftime show is... <laughs> Is, Isn't it? It's always something. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. When when you're more interested in the commercials, like I was listening to Ben Shapiro's take on the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, and it was hilarious because all he doesn't give a shit about the game at all, right? No, we call like, he cares about the culture. Yeah, he cares about the culture. So he watches to watch the halftime show, to watch the commercials, to pay attention to what's going on with the you know the announcers and what kind of things that they're slipping into their speech and stuff like that, and just yeah. what the overall NFL is, is up to. Yeah, and I thought it's like, oh, so when they hike the ball and start playing, that's when Shapiro takes a piss break. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. It like, does seem that way. And and you realize, for the vast majority of people, when it comes to the Super Bowl, when the game is being played, that is the piss break. They're there for the everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I do find this interesting uh, where somebody else pointed it out, so I'm stealing it. I don't care. Where hockey players, hockey fans, Mm -hmm. nobody cares. Stanley Cup time, nobody cares about, there's no halftime show. No one cares about the commercials. No, we're in it for the game. We're in it for the game. You're watching the game. You're watching it isn't the a spectacle. You're watching yeah. everything It's not a spectacle. It. It's the pinnacle of everything those teams have worked up to. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the format. I think a lot of that has to do with hockey having a best of a best of seven. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's drawn out. It's right? not it's, like a it's right. It's draw- Yeah, it's not just a one-shot done. Like, this is the big event. You don't know which game necessarily is going to be the end mm-hmm. until until it gets to game seven, yep. if it gets to game seven. Yeah. So you can't... And those are some of the best series. Yeah, so you can't even know which city ahead of time is going to be in or anything like that because they bounce back and forth between the two-team city. They don't just pick a random neutral location and go there. Yeah, it's, that that is something that I love about the NHL is the fact that... <clears throat> The game is going to happen in one of the hometowns of the, know, it's not America where you like have to travel across the country to go see your team play. No, you literally like if your team is in and you live in the place where you cheer for your team. What do you mean America? Because most of the NHL teams oh, yeah. are in America. Okay, but <laughs> uh, where you, you oh, think sorry, of the NFL. Th- I was I was comparing NFL to <laughs> Okay, to I see. You consider hockey is is can, I as do Canadian, consider Canadian and football support. is American. Yes. yes. Okay. I, and I think they would agree for the most part. I don't know. They have lots of hockey teams and oh, lots of do, hockey players. But they're not like constantly paying attention. A lot of people don't pay close attention. They have very well-managed teams that are doing very good. And you're like, oh, you guys won the World Cup or the, <coughs> the Stanley Cup. And they're like, oh, what, what sport is that? A lot of them have no idea. They don't know. They don't, they're not paying attention Unless to that. Unless they're just trying to fuck with you. When that, you. That's, that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> You guys won the Stanley Cup this year, and they're like, "Oh, it's a Canadian rube." Oh. What's that? That's that is possible. <laughs> All right, so Canadians, what or the hockey league, NHL, wherever it is, that's where the game is going to be played. You don't have to travel unless you're like my friend. Okay, during when I was in high school, it was Toronto versus Ottawa. I'm a Toronto fan. He is a rich boy, so I don't know if he was just cheering for Ottawa. Anyways. His dad chartered a jet to go from Ottawa to Toronto every single night that the game was in Toronto when I lived by Ottawa Mm -hmm. because he could. He wanted to go see the game, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go see the games. So I went Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, Ottawa. Like the the games were going Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, Ottawa. So every other game was my team winning. And then it came to the last one, and everyone's like, well, Ottawa's going to win because the first game was like it's gone back and forth. It's been in the hometown. Well, Toronto took it, and I was pretty happy about that because I was a Toronto fan at the time. I was paying close attention. And I I remember paying close enough attention that – I had all the numbers, I had all the stats kind of for the games, and I'm like, okay, they need to win this game, and New York Islanders need to lose. If New York Islanders win, Toronto's knocked out. Like, mm-hmm. they're not getting the spot. And so I was watching the New York game to figure out whether or not my team was going to be in. Like, I was paying, I was watching a game, and... Yeah, the- it gets to the point, when you when you are invested in a season, you start paying attention to more than just... Did we win today or lose today? You start paying attention to, the, like, all the things going on that are 
benefiting or hurting your team. Yes. So you're looking at every dynamic. <laughs> what I didn't mind about that is watching New York Islanders play. I have a very specific way of watching how teams play. Some people, like Vancouver Canucks, they dump the puck and then they just chase it into the into their zone. Like mm-hmm. they just dump it and they chase, dump, chase. Toronto plays the zone. They don't just dump it in and chase it in. Even though it's probably very effective, they play the zone, which I find to be a far more strategic and a better way to play, in my opinion. Yes, which is why Toronto has so many more Stanley Cups sitting on their <laughs> on their mantle in the last <laughs> 30 on. years. Yes, and they have the <coughs> second most Stanley Cups, and nobody has caught up to them in 50 years. And they no ha- team will, because they won them all when there was 10 teams. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I'm not even that much of a fan anymore because I don't have time to watch it, but I uh, used to. Funny. Uh, so, anyway, so you pay attention to all these things yeah. and playing style okay, so and all that. Stuff. On that, like saying, I ref- I think that that is a more strategic way to play. I mean, well, that's an opinion based on how strong the players are at certain things. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're the coach, you're making strategic play based on the strengths of the people you have at hand. Yeah. So if you have people that are really fast, really strong. You want to dump And yeah, you want to dump, dump in and get after it because you can get your guys in place while the other team is still scrambling. Yeah, that's why you make like, you got so really, good. You get, that guy was super fast on his feet. And you, yeah. He dumped it and like, like that, that's a halfway stra- That's a strategic, that's a legitimate strategic decision. That's not yeah. better or worse. Yeah. Because if they would try to play something where they needed physicality or hands or something like that, then that wouldn't. It wouldn't, it wouldn't benefit them to dump it in, and then all of a sudden their opponents are getting to the puck faster, and they just, <coughs> they're not playing to their, 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 uh, their skill set. They're not yeah. playing to where they have an advantage. They're playing to, so you need to play for each one. And Toronto was a very physical team for a long time where they were about physical play. They were about taking it in there and using their physical strength. I know my uncle, my uncle always said that they were rit- ridiculously dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, I hate watching Toronto play. They're so dirty. <laughs> Sounds like he lost to them. Uh, do you remember the old Philadelphia Flyers? Oh, yeah. Fuck, Legendary. Beast. Those yes. guys were so good. <laughs> It's funny because, like, that's one of those instances where it seems like the reputation of the team carries with it, like, a bit of the reputation of the city. Because, like, oh, yeah. Philadelphia just kind of has this aura of it of being like a street tough place. Oh yeah, it, because they well they got the they, it's they, gritty. They have the football team, they have the <coughs> basketball team. Like, they have sports and they love their sport, and they just love fighting for it, like literally fighting some of them. Some people just get very physical with p- uh, opponent teams and all that, uh, fans and all that stuff. So it's very interesting, the dynamic of sport and city. Um, what's another one? Boston. Boston's another one. Boston, they got oh. the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Very physical. They were, remember Larry Bird back in the day in the NBA, and then you got the Boston Bruins, which were, they were a rough team. And they've been around for a long time, so they've built a reputation. And then what's the... Uh, the I one? fucking love Boston because they have broken the Canucks' hearts so many times. <laughs> See? <sighs> yes. I'm, I'm a... Fuck, I'm you're a, a fuck I'm a, I'm a Spike fan. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I, I love to hate the Canucks. It's part of the fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The thing is, a lot of people are geographical fans. So they'll cheer for a team because they live 
in that province. We live closer to Edmonton than we do to Vancouver, and they're going to cheer for Vancouver because, oh, we're in BC. And it's like, Vancouver fucking sucks. At least, you know, Edmonton uh, gets first-round pick every other year. They're really good at that. That was only for a short period of time. That hasn't <laughs> happened in a long time now. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those that don't know, if you're going to get first round pick, you need to be the last in the league in order to do it. <laughs> so, or you can trade for them. Or you can trade for the first round pick, but then you it's 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 quite the trade to do that. And Edmonton got pretty good at it for a little while there. So, uh, and first round pick is the potential players coming up with the highest promise and and stuff like that. So it's not like just I feel like I can explain it to a way that. I don't completely understand it either. I just know, <laughs> hey, these no. players have potential. Is, we're so retarded right now. Like we're like some of the most sports illiterate people on the planet. We're like <laughs> trying to yep. trying to talk shop. Yes, like we know what we're talking about, <laughs> but we don't. We have opinions, but they're outdated too. Yeah, my oh, opinions yeah. are completely outdated. It it is like I've, you know, like like I said last year, my head kind of went up again for Oilers. Like I've kind of kept rough tabs on what they're doing, how they're doing, yeah, and what the future's like, but like the end of last year it kind of was like their uh it kind of came together in a tangible way and it was like, "Oh, this is exciting again." Yeah. And started to pay attention. Yeah. And I think I do it as a as a Toronto <coughs> Maple Leafs fan, which I know is stupid cuz who the hell is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? And there's a lot of hate for the fans right now of Toronto Maple Leafs. Why is that? Because apparently they're all douchebags, but I'm like, I don't. Every fan's a douchebag. I know, but they're I'm like, oh, here, Toronto's the worst. I'm sitting here, literally, you know, like just making fun of of the Canucks as much as I can, and and just outright saying I love to hate them. <laughs> like <laughs> that's part of the game. Is every fan's an asshole to some other? Oh yeah. The type thing is, fan. what I find very interesting about Toronto is yeah. similar to what you're feeling right now for Vancouver. A lot of people, it doesn't matter who you are. You have an opinion about Toronto. If you're if you're a, a, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, you have an opinion about Toronto. No, do I have an opinion about Pittsburgh Penguins? I'm like, um, I have no idea. Not anymore, anyways. Like, there are teams that I, Tampa Bay, like, the, the Lightning, fucking well-managed. Vegas Golden Knights, well-managed. They're very good at managing teams there. And... I don't have really big opinions. But if you like hockey, you have an opinion about Toronto. Either fuck them and most of the, See, most I don't of the time know. it's that. I, I wonder if you feel that way because you had formative years in the East. Not not just the East. Here, here, here as well. When I was paying attention when I was here, mm-hmm. a lot of people had opinions about them. It's like, oh, you're a Toronto fan. And I'm like, I, I, like, I like them, yeah. Been... It's probably because you're, you know, you're uh the ugly duckling, right? Like you're, I, I, I you're in you're in Oilers and Canucks territory. So it, if you came from Boston, like you'd be like, oh, you're a Bruins guy. Yeah, you know. So I think but, your opinion on that is skewed because you are the fan. Yes. Because like the rest of us, I'm like, I don't hear anybody give shit about Toronto. Nobody. Oh really? Nobody gives nobody care. Nobody cares. Uh, it doesn't come up <laughs> because I hear I hear a lot of hate when they're like, oh, Toronto. Because you're the, the guy. Be like, like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a hockey fan. I'm a Toronto guy. So well, of course I, I don't you... go out of my way to be like oh, I'm a Toronto guy because that's like the lowest brag in the world. That's like I I hey, like a team that sucks from, as well. From an Oilers fan, <laughs> it's every team has their shit. Yes. Except some and people only, are very oh. <laughs> some people are very vocal about this is what I'm about. 
I am a fan of this team and everyone needs to know it. <coughs> you don't have to say it in BC. Most people, you assume they're a Canucks fan and you don't understand why. they just like, oh, I'm a Canucks fan. I live here. This is my team. Mm. And I don't get it. I do not. I do not understand that part of it. Okay. Mostly because I grew up in Saskatchewan where we had no sports. Yeah, <laughs> that that could be it. Where because you, you had to look you at had a team. To, you had to pick a team. You somehow. had to pick a team and you had to figure out, okay, why do I like this team? Was it because one of the kids that I knew there had a Felix Podvan uh, and a Cujo poster on his wall? As a very young child, I remember this. And then I looked into Toronto, saw them play Felix the Cat. I'm a fan. I've been a fan since... Since I was a small boy in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That, that was the end of it. That's where it started. And I kind of went from there. I actually got to do a... Oh, maybe there's a lot of stuff to it. <clears throat> I got to do a um, video call back before video calls were a thing, like in the mid-90s with, I want to say, Doug Gilmore and my teacher because uh, she was a friend of theirs because her husband used to play on the Montreal Expos, mm-hmm. the baseball team. So sports and all that stuff, they got to just intermingle and so yeah there was my connection to toronto was put in very early yeah see there it's it's not something you necessarily chose as much as it was something that you had the opportunity to interact with in a meaningful way and then latched onto. yes and so i mean why wouldn't people that live in the geography of a team do that because it's there to latch onto it's there to interact with yes well when I did move <coughs> to places where they had teams, I lived next to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. What did my mother do? Well, we live next to Ottawa. She's a Senators fan now. Oh, we moved away from Ottawa? Or did she moved away from Ottawa? Moved back to Saskatchewan? Well, now we're uh, Rough Rider fans. She stopped well, watching it, hockey completely. Whole different sport. Yeah. Whole different <laughs> sport. She's like, we're Rough Rider fans. I still cheer for Ottawa, but I don't. they don't pay attention anymore. Like, they're very geographical in where they choose to cheer. When she Again, was living in it, Ottawa, it was Red Blacks. When she was like, okay, so and there's a lot of people mom, like that. So for your mom, then it's not the sport; it's the connection to the zeitgeist. Oh yeah, it's a connection to the community and the tribe. It's it's yeah. very. I need to be part of the popular. I don't know if she's doing it intentionally or thinking it. I really don't think so. But it's the this is the tribe that we're part of. And when I move from one place to another, I take nothing with me. This is now this my is a tribe. Very, a very missionary mindset. It is a mission. And we went yeah. to Quebec as missionaries. So it was a very, in in Rome, all like when in Rome kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a big thing to be said for these people that if you live there, that's who you cheer for. But there is something to be said for young determination of this is my team. I, I watched a few things and they say that Early, early years will set what team you cheer for. That's why so many people cheer for the Cubs. That's why so many people cheer for yeah. uh, the Raiders because of NWA uh, talking about it in all their music. It's like, oh, I like NWA rap. Well, they like the Raiders. I'm going to look into the Raiders. And so there's so many things where that whatever culture you're involved with will affect who you cheer for. And what team you choose to, or what tribe you choose to affiliate yourself with. Mm-hmm. So tribalism. Yeah, I think it, natural progression. There. We, come, we come to we, and we come to the to the crux of it. 
Ah, yes. It's an us versus them. It really is. It, it's something that sets us apart where we may not agree on many things, but if we can agree on a team, like, the more, as a Canadian, Olympics come along, the Winter Olympics, anyways. <laughs> yeah, when the when the Winter Olympics come along, not the, the country. The country comes together in a way that it doesn't, oh. you know, the rest of the year, right? Like at that moment, politics don't matter so much. Whether you're a libtard or a you know, like or a Nazi, it doesn't doesn't really matter. People yeah. are like, no, we're we're excited about seeing our country yes. represent. The country, like, yeah, that's when that's when, like, this kind of like United Canada comes out, yeah. And uh, it's just it's painful, but I fall for it all the time. I'm part of it, I am. When it comes to the Canada the Olympics, seeing Canada play, getting into that, and being like, oh, and getting just that feeling of watching, paying attention, watching, cheering. I'm like, I hate all the 90% of the time, I hate all the players. On the on the Olympic team, except when it comes to when they're on the Team Canada. If they were with their original teams that they play for in the NHL, I'm saying, <coughs> fuck Crosby, <Yeah>. fuck <laughs> these. Like, I don't know. No, screw that guy. I don't like him. Don't like him. And then all of a sudden, Olympics come along, and I'm like, they're the, then he's your they're guy. They're the golden boy, the golden child. Wouldn't it be great if Crosby was traded to Toronto? Because <sighs> then you wouldn't feel bad about liking how good he is. <laughs> I don't know if he's good anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. He's he he got shell shocked, man. When he got rocked, oh, there. Lindros syndrome. Eric, yeah, Eric Lindros syndrome. Eric Lindros, Lindros syndrome. Concussions. Even, what? Uh, uh, Jeremy Yager. Yager. He got so many concussions. He would like a slight breeze would come into the stadium and he'd fall over and have a concussion. And so yeah, the Lindros syndrome of just the concussions took him out. Like he was very good, and as soon as he started getting a little CTE, and all of a sudden he just becomes a wimp. I don't understand <laughs> this weird CTE thing. It's it's just sissies, sissies. Uh, have you tried not being a little girl? Oh man. And so there's that tribalism that we agree with and disagree with. Yeah. So many because I I recognize it. I know that I'm like this is obvious. It's obviously tribalism. There isn't, why do I affiliate with this group of people? I have nothing in common with them in other, any other area of life. We disagree politically, uh, economically, religious, culturally. We disagree on everything. Mm-hmm. But you cheer for my team. We're, we're part of the same, we're part of this tribe. We can agree on this one thing, so we, we bind to it. Or I'm pouring another beer. Yeah. This beautiful thing, really. Is it? Yeah, it is. It to to the degree when there's something that acts as a mechanism to turn you away from away from bickering with one another to uniting in a way that in all honesty doesn't really hurt anything. Yeah. Like there's no, it's not war. Mm -hmm. It's not anything like that. Like there's nothing on the line other than a bit of pride, but like anything to get people to look past their petty differences for a little bit and enjoy something together, have fun, like see, see some goodness in life, 
even if it's not like you know as important to say like trying to solve world hunger or shit like that but like it's still it's it's a moment that lets us know if we if we change our focus up instead of at each other actually humanity can do some it it can be harmonious yes now what i was thinking about when it came to the um people have said long time that sports are a substitution for war or or just something to distract us from wartime like just okay this is better than war or this is a substitution for war like this mm-hmm. is kind of just to stand in place until we go to war I mean, again i think that maybe works to a degree but i don't agree how so okay so it's a game resembling war mm-hmm. but it's not a replacement for war because war it's about. still happening. <laughs> War is still happening. We got plenty of it to fill our fucking boots. Well, it's, it's not, and it's not stopping any extra war you know, from happening. Oh no, that's exactly it. It's not stop. But it's, America so is and not, Canada are right now not at war with any nations that I know of. Yeah, but I mean, our armies are still active. Like, oh yeah, you know, they're you, doing things. They're doing things. They're, you know, they're still engaging in what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. They're on standby. They're, yeah, you know, like. But we're All, not we're not getting directly involved because I think we're too distracted. We're distracted by other things. We're distracted by the Super Bowl. The no, the, we're not because the, the Super Bowl has been going on for a forever ass time, and yeah. we still were involved in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and all that stuff. It, it that it's not a substitute because it doesn't it doesn't actually it displace doesn't it actually displace it in any way. No, what it is at least at least how I kind of formulate it is it's and it, it's an extension of rough and tumble play into a way that makes sense for adulthood. It's, it's a way to engage in, it's a way to engage with, with people in a way that is a, it's a game. Yeah. Like think of things in, in more like game theory instead of like, you know, as a substitute, oh, yeah, yeah. a substitute for, for, you know, this need for aggression or anything I like that. Theory. Yeah. Think of it like a game. It's, it's our way to work out with each other. Maybe some of these biological or societal or whatever urges we have in a way that's productive. There's no destruction that happens except for sometimes when things go a little out of skew, when fans get upset at results. Or happy with results. I don't know, or Montreal. It's like, fucking, let's ride anyways. <laughs> oh, they won? Cool, let's ride. They lost? Well, we're going to ride anyways. Oh, it's Wednesday? Yeah, but that's the outlier rather than the rather than the rule, right? Yeah. Like, well, look, at Vancouver is a perfect example of that. The two times that they got the closest to um, winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, I almost tipped the bottle. Yeah. Go <laughs> a lot of, lot of anxiety there. Ugh. <sighs> All right, but at the at the same time, in general, it works in a non-destructive way to play a game of like I don't mean just a game of sport, a community, it's, it's, a game yeah, of community. It's, it's a game of community. It's also it's you're you're watching the upper level of something that you get to do in your local. Like you can go and join a pickup hockey league or yeah. flag football, or you can play these games in school and stuff like that. Like we're not playing sports in school in order. If, to solve, you know, it's, our, not, it's, our, it's our, not for the physicality of it. It is for the communal aspect, for of the it. communal, for the discipline. Yes, because that's a big part of it. Okay, I got to ask you: do, Were you involved with any sports when you were younger? Hockey, hockey, baseball. Yeah. You did play hockey. Yeah, I didn't know that. 
Which, uh, what, what did you play? Center? Goalie. Goal, goalie. Yeah, I can see that. Loved goalie. <laughs> yeah? What did you love about it? Not having to skate really, really far distances. <laughs> see, I played I, defense. I could skate backwards. So I had mm-hmm. to be a defenseman. <laughs> I, I loved it because, one, you got to play the whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's true, unless you, know, you sucked. Unless you sucked. But, yeah, like, one, you got to play the whole game. Um, I really liked I liked thinking in degree of, like, angles, like, you know, like, po- trying to position geometry. and, yeah, geometry, like that element of it, you know. But uh, I just, I wasn't very good at shooting pucks or, or anything like that, but I had a knack for being getting in the in right and forgetting I had a knack for getting in the way. Yeah. Which is You are you are the firstborn, so yep. you <laughs> learn that very early as I'm in the way all the time. And <laughs> Yeah, but and you know, it's it's fun. Like that that feeling of that feeling of catching the puck when, you know, a guy who you know outclasses you and should score on you takes a shot and you snatch it out of the air, like did you flip the bird at anybody and be like, you know, I'm doing it. I got a glove on, but you that, know. That, that so wasn't <laughs> me Wasn't in your heart? No. <laughs> but, like, th- I love that. I love that that feeling. I just, I just enjoyed the, the position. Yeah. That's awesome. I, um, the only organized sports that I actually got to play was baseball. Uh, it was one of the sports you, all you need is a T-shirt, sneakers, a glove, and you're good. I kind of enjoyed baseball. Like I liked actually playing outfield. I, I liked playing infield. Like, okay. Like either on on any of the bases. Yeah. But I sucked at batting. I, I couldn't was, damn I do pretty, it. I was pretty good. As a kid, I couldn't pitch. I didn't. I never got picked for pitcher. My older brother did. But yeah, we were on a we were on a team in the small town that I was in. We went to a few tournaments, and the only people that almost beat us were the ones who were like the most aggressive, violent res team you could imagine. Mm. There, like they were, they were winging the ball so fast, and yeah, we got hit a few times. But yeah, we we won a few tournaments, and it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I enjoyed baseball. We would have played hockey as a kid. I would have played hockey hands down any day of the week. But we weren't a well-off family. How much is hockey gear? It's expensive. How much is camps? Yeah. Travel. Everything goes. Oh, with I it. I never got to do any of that. Like mine was in school. Okay. It was it was in school. Yeah, we never had we never had that in school. Yeah, so we had a school league and if you had the basics, you would be provided with like the goalie equipment, like the pads okay. and the blockers and, and stuff like that. So basically what I had to have was I had to have uh hockey pants, skates, and a stick? They yeah, and a stick. Yeah. Hockey pants, skates and a stick. Yeah, so they they supplied the pads and the like the big pads. Yeah, for, the the goalie stuff anyway. Yeah, like if you were playing for if you were playing uh, in one of the out positions, well then yeah, you needed to have your own shoulder pads and. Well, the the most expensive parts of the goalie equipment <coughs> is the two front shin pads and the glove yeah, and the blocker. It is. Yeah, that was that was expensive. So I didn't ever have to worry about buying that. I I was never good enough to do anything more than playing in a school league. Okay. But you got to do that, which is cool. I also played basketball, but I was very competitive. I love sport. I was, I was, whatever team I could get on, I'd try and get on, except mm-hmm. for football. Uh, I was going to try and try out for football, and I probably would have gone for like wide receiver or something like that because I'm skinny and I can run. Well, I could run. Now I can't run anymore. But yeah. <laughs> at the time, very competitive. I got brothers. We love wrestling. We love the fight. And so we, 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 um, 
we got drawn into sport. And so there was whatever sport we could be part of, whatever we could get involved with, we were going to get involved with because we were very competitive driven. Now, I think that's something that, like you were talking about, a substitution for something more. If I can't go to battle, I can play this game. I I may not be able to do the, the ultimate game, which is war. War is the ultimate game. It is the us versus them, their ideas against ours, or at least our leaderships. And you're going to fight until whoever is alive wins. They're right. We like to assume that we were right, or (laughs) even when we lose, but... Yeah, that's... I don't know. I don't see war as the ultimate game. I see war as an escalation of Cain versus Abel. Like, it's kill or be killed. Okay. It's... Yeah, but for some people, some people see it as the ultimate game. The look at the guys who, as soon as America got hit by in nine eleven, people were literally quitting professional careers as athletes to go join the army. You think they did that because they they, they they're like, oh, it's game time? No, Fun. it was a patriotic drive of Patri- this is us versus them. That's a whole different impulse. That's a whole different impulse than the but impulse that drives people to game. Yeah, but there are some people out there who see it as a, like they see killing as a sport. Yeah, and that's that's a tragic minority. Oh yeah, it's it's bad, but we're not talking. But you're about you're speaking in a generality here. Of yeah, like, this true. is what it is. Yeah, just because it's, that's what it is for, you know, the odd psychopath that sees military as their opportunity to enact their worst impulses, doesn't mean that in most of the people in the military aren't there out of a sense of of duty. Duty, basically, yeah. it, duty. Of what can happen to you if you're not there doing this. Yeah, maybe I'm projecting a masculine ideal of what I think people would be like without actually engaging with the thought deeper than my own. Like, oh, this is simple. This is an easy explanation, which it's not. No, there's nothing easy about war. No. You know, I mean, most of the worst wars in all of history have been drafted. Like, yeah. Like, you know, Vietnam this this, I, this, I, this idea of, of a volunteer army is a very new thing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it represents much of the history of warfare at all. Well, you could volunteer. You could, but until you couldn't. <laughs> until you couldn't, but yeah, you know, it's that—that's a luxury we have because of the industrialization of society. Yes. Like you know, when when most of your society is is poor farmers scrimping by, taking away the most viable people <laughs> to produce the to, to farm the land and work it and make a living so that you don't die from starvation next winter that's a huge sacrifice and nobody would willingly yeah. give that up to go die via sword slashes yeah that sounds horrible all right so we've corrected my thought and my thought pattern where it is not the ultimate battle but it is something that we are drawn to as men we are drawn yeah, to we're, fight. we're drawn we're to, drawn we're drawn to, drawn to fighting Jordan Peterson would call it rough and tumble play. Yeah. Like, this is just a logical extension of that. Yeah. I think part of me wishes that I had another boy. I could have another boy. I don't have a choice. It's flipping a coin, and no matter what, you're going to pay a million dollars. So I wish I had another boy so that they could experience the rough and tumble play with one another without me having to be constantly central to it. Where with having one boy, I am the central rough and tumble person i'm like okay if you're gonna rough and tumble you gotta do with me too my girls my girls do it too and talia's getting pretty tough but then very passive in some ways and 
yeah, it becomes very hard to be constantly allowing them and stepping back and saying, allowing that rough and tumble. Like, let it happen. Let them play. And I'm like, letting them learn that balance is very difficult as a dad. I guess that's the point of it, though, is to know where the line is on physical contact. Yeah. And, you know, like just enjoying and and just doing things. Yeah. And that's why when, when rough and tumble goes bad because someone gets hurt, Always, always oh, yeah. and forever somebody gets hurt. And they come to me and they start whining. I'm like, whoa, what were you doing? And they're like, we were wrestling. I'm like, that's it. That's what happens. I'm not feeling bad for you. I'm not going to sit here and coddle you. No, you were wrestling. I'm okay with that. But don't be surprised when you get hurt. Don't be surprised when something goes too far. Oh, I'm all clogged up over here. Uh, so yeah, th- that is one of the dynamics. But trying to foster that in the kids and like, be like, mm-hmm. okay, it's not win or lose. That's another thing: winning and losing. Now, when you're part of a team, it's we won. Mm-hmm. If your team lost, what do you say? Do you say it, we lost? You say you guys won. Good job, guys. Yes, but no. Okay, if you, if you're as a fan, oh, if okay. your team wins, you say we won. If your team lost, what happened? Do you say I, I don't we know, lost? I don't know what you mean. Do you say we lost or do you say they lost? Because you're no longer part of that dynamic. You're like, I had no effect on this game. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, oh, those those bums. They those can't bums. believe they blew it. But if you win, if your team wins, you're like, oh, we won. We did it. And then you turn around. If you lose, it's like, fuck those guys. <laughs> like your own team. You're like. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think back to when I was more invested, if that was the impulse that I had. UFC. You ever watch a fight that you were really cheering for somebody? One of the last ones that I really remember, really, really, really remember, was the mm-hmm. GSP-Bisming fight. Okay, yeah. Where GSP got swole. He was looking so good. He was really great shape. And him and Bisping were fighting. And I, I love UFC. I, that is my favorite sport. Of any sport, I know it's it's combat. I know it's bigger than sport. There's no there's there's, there's rules. a certain risk level that you don't have with some sports. It's, but it is a sport. MMA is a sport now. It's not just all right. We're taking yep. we're taking random people and throwing them in the cage and seeing what discipline wins. It's it's synthesized into a sport. It's got yes. you know very clear rules. And it's not just it's not the wild west. It's not combat. It's not street fighting. No. So I am com- completely comfortable saying it is a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even some of the people in the sp- in that sport would be like, it's not a sport because it's combat. You're, you're there to get punched in the face. Yeah, well, people in hockey get punched in the face all the time, too. <laughs> you know, it's still... Yeah, but if you do it in the last, like, two minutes of play, it's called instigating, and you get a, yeah. a penalty <laughs> for the next game. It's okay. like, fuck that. I don't but agree with some rules At the same time, though, like... You know, nobody's like pulling out a shank, <laughs> you know, nobody is gouging <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Like there's... There's a lot of rules. If, if you say it's combat, it's gentleman's combat. Like yeah. it's... Sorry, it's not combat. Yeah. In the pure sense of it. Yes. It, it is It is sport. It's sport that is closer to combat than other sports. Yeah. So when I was talking about the, the we won kind of thing... Yeah. 
I remember where I was when I watched the fight. We were at a clubhouse. And oh, we yeah. I remember it very well, actually. And when GSP finished Bisbing, I think it was a rear naked choke. Like, he, yeah. he, it was a tough, it was a close fight. It was a very close fight. It was, he'd never fought at that weight, you know, or he hasn't fought in that weight in a long time. I don't think time. professionally he ever did. And he For- was, he was close. It was hit or miss. He bled everywhere because he's got so much scar tissue. Oh, there. I mean, Bisbing touched him up for sure. Oh, yeah. He, he, he. Got some good cuts yeah, on him. I still remember. Was it a kick or was it a was it a left hook that he landed? Recall. But he managed to catch Bisbing blind a little bit, yeah. knocked him down, and then got his back and choked him out. Which yeah. I mean, the whole clubhouse blew up. Like, oh yeah, and I remember because I was hooting <clears throat> and hollering. I was ju- I was jumping around and looking back. I'm like, what the? Why? Why was what? I had no effect here. I was cheering. I was yelling. I was I was screaming as if I'm the guy in the cage winning. I was that excited. I mm-hmm. looking back, I'm like, why? I have I had nothing to do with it. I think if you were watching that alone at home, you still would have been excited. You probably would have pumped your fist and said, "Yeah!" It wouldn't have been nearly as much as it was in the setting we were in. Yeah. There was a spirit of the air. There was a zeitgeist it that was, we were tapping into. It was something else. And it was it was so fun to just be there and and the people that we were with just cheering the way that we did. And You could almost say it was religious. It was almost religious. That is that is the very thing. Because I I think back, even in the moment, I felt like I was the only one cheering the way that I was. Like, that's how dramatic I felt in that moment. Like, looking back, I'm like, why am I so excited? Am I the only one cheering like this? And knowing that, oh, I wasn't the only one. Because <laughs> I only remember my reaction because I mean, the whole, all I can the see. whole place erupted. But, like, I mean, GSP at that time in that era of the UFC, he was our boy. Like, yeah. he was the guy that... That was his comeback, too. He had, he had yeah. quit. It was his comeback. Like... I, you know, I remember watching fights of his from basically when he first kind of burst out onto the welterweight scene. Yeah. All the way through to that point, knowing this was probably the last hurrah. So, I mean, like there was that sense of following this one fighter's path. Yeah. You know, it being Canadian helped too, right? That, oh, yeah. that, that influence, that tribal connection. Even though he was French, that's the thing. Like even the English people who were like, I, 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 <laughs> fucking hate the french bud but you know it's canadian <laughs> it's like no it doesn't doesn't matter yeah. there was a unifier there which is amazing mm-hmm. like a lot a lot of western canada hates quebec but you ask about gsp it's like oh that's our fucking guy there <laughs> buds <laughs> hey there buds <clears throat> but uh, yeah again like and that's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing that there is a character that was able to cut across a weird bias <laughs> Yeah. Right, like it's a it's a total nonsensical bias to be like, oh, we fucking hate Quebec and Quebecers, you know. Like, yeah, there's been some political tensions and stuff like that, and then there's that the multi, you know, the the bilingual thing that maybe frustrates people. But like, do you really hate them? Like, no. come on, yeah, come on. No, on, you don't. Honestly, if it was a French Canadian versus, I don't know. We'll just say Germany because there's yeah. a perfect example I mean, of somebody. It, you, it's like, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah. I remember like the company that uh, that my dad had when I was when I was a kid, and I worked with him the summer. He had a painter who was really really good. He was a French Canadian fellow named Martin. 
Uh, not the Martin you no, know. No, 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 no. French Canadian, <laughs> yeah. not Swiss. Yes. Swiss. <laughs> Very French Canadian. I mean, we loved the guy. He was the nicest guy on the planet. Like, it's like just seeing and knowing this guy, the barrier completely was gone, right? Like, yeah. nobody, nobody hates Quebec that much that it means they dislike you because you're French. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird bias that doesn't carry much weight, but it's still mean and vicious. Yeah. See, it's, it's a weird thing. So I love GSP for the fact that he was able to just be like himself and everybody just kind of forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's Canadian. Oh, no, he's a nice guy. And he is very well-spoken. He well represents spoken. the country extremely well. Oh, yeah. He may, he, he was the most look so good. Yeah. I, he is one of the most respectful and professional of anybody in, in that sport in history. Yeah. I, I can't think of someone, <clears throat> maybe Ace Franklin, mm-hmm. but again, he's a, he's another American. Like, oh, he's an American guy, really nice, whatever. There, there's, there are a dime a dozen, but for a Canadian to step up there and, and have that, that character, it was like, okay, if we're going to have somebody represent us, I'm glad it's him. So, uh, yeah, I did have that. Mm-hmm. Now... I would like to touch on something. I think we've kind of gotten that. I would like to touch on something else. The fanaticism. The word fan means fanatic. Fanatic. I don't consider myself a fanatic in a lot of areas. I'm, I'm not. When I think of fanatic, I think of the actual crazy people that spend thousands of dollars on memorabilia, on gear, on, on like the jerseys, on anything at all. You choose it. Uh, what is it <coughs> season tickets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they buy tickets for entire seasons. I may not use all of them, but I want to have them. There are people out there spending thousands of dollars a year that maybe they shouldn't be spending money on. On their sports fandom. On yeah. their sports fandom. On my sports ball. And I don't think it's healthy. No, I don't think it is either. I mean, like there, there's a healthy level of kind of like, like I said, like getting into the zeitgeist and, you know, just enjoying being part of the flow of movement. But there is something that is religious about it, right? Like yeah. it's, uh, you know, you know, where two or one are gathered there, the spirit of the Lord is kind of theory. Yeah. Like when you get a movement going, there is a spirit that inhabits it. Not to say that, you know, sports fandom is the spirit of the Lord, but it is a sense of spirit. Oh, it is a sense of spirit. Right? And everything is, everything like that is religious in some kind of sense. And I think that extreme fanaticism is, rather than being, rather than being a replacement for war, it's, re- it's a misplaced religious zeal. Mm-hmm. And not that that's the only way, like some people do it with politics. Some people do it with patriotism or with, you know, with other things, but it's, it's a misplaced elevating of one unifying ideal, one icon, you know, elevating it past iconic status, status to idolatrous status. Yes. And where they'll know the stats, they'll know every single stat of their team. They will know who's being yeah. traded. Every they will know the they will know their team better than they know themselves. Yeah. Every bit of their attention 
is focused on it, and they will sacrifice physical means for it <laughs> to the yeah. Yeah, self, self-destructive, almost yeah. like, oh, I may not but be able to... But that's what idolatry is. Idolatry is always self-destructive. Yeah. It, it's always sacrificing things that should go to something else for it. Yeah. It's something, it has to and be an, something. And, and, an, they, idol, and an idol think, will always consume you. And I think it's because, I really do think it's because they want to be part of something. They want to be an essential part of something bigger than themselves. There, there is. Like, when you want to be part of something bigger than you and you don't have what it takes to play a sport, well, I don't have the brains so I can to be, be a part. fan. <laughs> I can be a, not just a fan. I can be the fucking best fan. Why? Because that doesn't take a lot of hard work. All I got to do is watch the stats, watch the games. I already love watching the games. Why don't I just pay a little bit more attention? Oh, it's only, you know what, uh, a couple hundred bucks for a jersey? Cool. Oh, this one's been signed? Oh, I'm going to get that one. And just constantly... <laughs> Who would be the best? Who would be, like, just, this is a way for me not just to be a fan, but the fan. And there are people out there who, they can afford it. They're like, yeah, you can be a super fan. You don't have fucking anything else going on. Yeah. But well, some I mean, people. Or that, or they just have lots and lots of money, so there's, like, insane amen- amount of disposable income. Yeah. And the, at that point, you don't have a problem. Because you've, you've, you've created a disposable well, I mean, You may not have a there. financial problem, but you may have an attention problem. You, yes. Right. But. You, Those you, are two different things. Yes. But if you are financially taken care of and you can afford to do it, but there's people who are not financially taken care of doing shit like this, spending way more money than they have to on all this shit, the forums, yeah. the talk. You got to look at the economic side of things. How much is this, how much is the sport industry worth? Oh, it's worth a tremendous amount. Un, un, unmeasurable. On yeah. the think of the the TV shows, the podcasts, the the radio shows, the uh, the franchises, the, the the vendors that go to these companies, uh, everything that goes with it. Yeah, and to a degree, that's a good thing. Like, it's a great thing. Like, cities want to have popular and exciting sport teams because yeah. it brings it brings income. It, it's an influx in economy for that city. Yes. Right? Like, if you've got a decent sports team that people will come to watch, it means you can employ more people. You can buy things. You can invest in infrastructure and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's actually, it's an important part of our society is having decent sport teams. (laughs) Yes. And some people poo-poo that. We're like, if only we would spend more on the homeless issue than we did on football. You know how expensive the uh, poor uh, are? The <laughs> poor are so fucking expensive. I'm sorry. But everyone's like, oh, I wish we could solve the homeless problem. We can't solve the homeless yeah. problem. Why? Because the people you hire to solve the homeless problem, well, they need to get paid. And if they solve the homeless problem, guess what? They're not getting paid. So they don't aren't incentivized to actually fix the problem. Well, yeah. You know, it, it's costing you money rather than being a part of the city's economy that makes money. I mean, yes, it is spending money. It's give, it, it does expend exorbitant amount of money on players' salaries and coaches' salaries and on buildings and all that stuff. Like, yes, it is expensive, but it, it, that's a business model. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it spends money in order to make money and that money there then gets filtered in and distributed into the general system. Well, even thinking about into, the jerseys and everything that get made when you're making these jerseys. Yeah, exactly. You are creating there's, jobs. There's companies, there's companies that are making money off of this on secondhand ways. Yeah. You know, and you then, have vendors selling hot dogs at the place. You know, they, that's putting money on food, you know, that's putting food on people's tables 
for people that have a vendor business. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they make well, the, good money the, doing the, that way. The farm teams, the farms teams have te- like they have those. It's not just that the ultimate is like, oh, these guys make lots of money and then they can use it up. No, the farm teams, they need to have backup players just in case those players aren't available. So they're going to have <clears> these <throat> other teams kicking around. Well, guess what? Those guys don't play for free. They're yeah. also getting paid. There's also more vendors. There's also more towns. So we don't have a big and, one here, yeah. but we and, and know. That's, and that city can do things with that money. The people that are, you know, that are making money there, like they're doing, they're doing personal acts of sacrifice and giving because they have incomes, right? Like it's yeah. like that, that does go down into the realm of charity. Yeah. It does make it there. It is, it is creating some. Like, so basically what I'm trying to say here is don't let anybody make you feel fucking bad for being a fan of sports. <laughs> like just. Yeah. If, if anybody tries to give you that shit, tell them to fuck right off. Yeah. Enjoy your sport. Enjoy your sport. Don't just be an don't, asshole. Don't be an asshole and don't be a ridiculous Uber fan that has placed your religious identity in a sport. And That's a bad big thing. Big part of his identity of people are like, this is what I am. It's like, no, yeah, if you're that, <laughs> you're you're in you're in a dangerous spot. Yeah. If that is what you are is a but I would, fan. I would say the same thing about people that are overly invested in politics oh, and yes. people that are overly invested in patriotism or, or any number of things. If you're too in or clubs or whatever, right? Any, anything. Yes. When your identity is this anything one, from if you have identity in one thing, yeah. anything dangerous. can move from icon to idol. Yeah. So yeah. we need to, you need, you need to have a proper hierarchy, right? You have to have a proper hierarchy of importance in your life. But there's a, there's a sweet spot where you can completely and utterly be a fan with no guilt. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm at is I, I'm a fan of Toronto. Have I watched them play this year? No. That's, but I'm going to cheer for them when I watch them play. When I watch UFC again, I had a buddy. Okay, so this is again, goes back to the tribalism a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Everybody called me up. He's like, uh, there's these two fighters coming up last weekend's card, maybe the weekend before. It was a Muslim guy against an Australian guy. And he's like, who do you think is going to win? I'm like, dude, uh, Islam. He's like, yeah, but who do you want to win? I'm like, that doesn't matter. You ask me who do I think is going to win. Yeah. Islam's going to win. I know it's it's a little different now with with some of the guys coming up in in the the UFC pool, like because again, I'm an older man now. Like I've kind of went through my like following guys up as I was getting into yeah. the sport, and so now you're at this point where it's like, oh man, like I don't know a lot of the rest of the guys. Well, like not my invested, my invested, my invested guys have aged out of the system, out of the sport. Yeah, and in so, order to, but the thing is, when it came to when he asked me that, I'm like. I have to look up who's fighting. I have to look into these fighters. So I started doing a little bit of looking and checking and what camp are they with? Who are they fighting? What, like, what are the stylistically? Yeah. So you're enough of a fan to it. do that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like a fan enough to do that. And I look at it, most. I'm like, Islam. Like, I may not agree with him religiously and I want him to lose because I disagree with him religiously, but on a fighter level, he's better. I'm like, no, I have no hangups. I'm not like, oh, it's us versus them. I'm a Christian. He's a Muslim. I'm against oh, I'm him. What was the other guy? Uh, Australian. <laughs> That's it. He's Australian. <laughs> That's it. I mean, Just, Australians in general are pretty cool people. Yeah, but like, he's fine. He was good. Yeah, but I mean, like when it comes to that, where like where you notice the religion of the fighter. It's like well, because I mean, they make it noticeable. It's not like some people are like, I don't know if they're a Christian, yeah. where. Some of these guys I had to ask, like, uh, the Khabib camps mm-hmm. and all that stuff, 
they're obviously Muslim, and yeah, it's yeah. fine. They're, it's they're, good. I mean, when you name yourself Islam, like that's obviously like a, <laughs> it is a throwback. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's like Muhammad Ali, right? Like yeah. his Clay Cassius was his given name. Yeah, but Ca- yeah. when. A lot of these guys, when they become Muslims, they take a Muslim-esque name. Yeah. It's actually something that Christians used to do. Yeah. It used to be like, well, what's your Christian name? (laughs) You know, rather than, you know. That's a very common phrase. Is your Christian name? Oh, my Christian name is this. Yeah. Because like, what's the name that, that, you know, because people actually used to take names of saints on themselves when they converted. Yeah. Like when they converted out of random religions, you know, uh, in the olden days. Yeah. So they... That's a thing that lots of religions do. So with this guy, you yeah. look at him, you're like, oh, he's a Muslim. Yeah. Because their entire camp is like <clears throat> that. They they make But I mean, no... like, if it's a Muslim versus, like, versus, like, a dickhead atheist, even though he doesn't say it, like, which guy do you root for? Well, I... Honestly, unless I've like, really I, I, followed him, <laughs> I'm going to, like, if if I can step back, yeah. I'm going to look at which fighter's better. Who do I root for? I know. I just for the guy that I, I just don't thought it hilarious that you brought up. Was like I don't want him to win because he's Muslim because <laughs> that was the first thing you said. Oh yeah, and I I, I stand yeah, by like, it. I'm interested in why that is. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not very, like it, it's not it, like it hurts their it, religion if he is, loses. It is tribal in the sense of I'm a Christian. Muslim persecute Christians, but Christians persecute Muslims. Yeah, I would say it's probably a wash. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm, know, o- overall, that's but. But it's like a friendly, like, I hope your guy gets fucked. And I'm pretty sure they think the same way. If they saw a Christian and they'd be like, well, fuck that guy. But I mean, like, <laughs> and, that, and that bugs me a little bit because I look at those, like, those guys that are obviously Muslim. Yeah. And in general, it seems like they're actually fairly sincere about it. Oh, they're very good. And then there's Bones Jones with, like, oh, <laughs> Philippians, Philippians four tattooed across his chest. Across his chest. Well, and he's then, you got know, cocaine makes, still underneath yeah, his nose. Makes, you know, makes statements like, oh, my Christianity or, or my faith is really important to me when he's in trouble. And, <laughs> like... Yeah, when he's busy and, running off but really, women off the like road. But really, he's, like, just a piece of human excrement oh, as far as his sense of morality and any, any of that. Yeah. And you're like... Dog shit. Ah, it's like, oh, jeez, like... You're the guy in general that's front and center representing us because of what you say in the tattoo in your chest. Uh, I kind of, I kind of vote for, uh, for Khabib's guys. <laughs> oh here. yeah, I would. Oh, John Jones, Khabib, or that kind of their teams. I'm going Khabib's. I'm sorry, they're the honorable people. I'm, I'm more down with them than a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, Benson Henderson, devout man. Bendo, he's yeah. so good, and he's he even got asked in interviews like, "What do you do as a Christian to to celebrate?" He's like, "Board games and food." <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, cool, I'm fine with that. But there's some, for this guy, I'm like, I don't know enough about him. I know he's these. I like Australians; they're fun guys. This guy went up a weight class to fight this guy, mm-hmm. so he went up a weight class to take on this, and it advocated his belt in the uh, the the lightweight, featherweight, whatever it was. So it was like, oh, okay, who's taking the bigger risk here? Well, not the Muslim. Who's yeah. who's going to kind of a little underdog? I like the underdogs. That's just me, though. Yeah, but, <laughs> but with that being said, the whole Muslim thing, it's, it's, it's a friendly rivalry of religion. It's not like I wish death upon them. <laughs> I disagree with a lot of things. <laughs> I really do. But I, I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck him. I'm not going to call him some derogatory thing like raghead 
or I don't know what they call them, sand monkeys, some people. I've, I don't use these terms because I think that's not a, worth the effort. I think those are derogatory terms for, you know, people from the Middle East in general, regardless yeah, of their religion. Happen, who happen to be Muslim or whatever. Well, I mean, or whatever they, religion they may be. Could be Sikhs or yeah, like Sikhs. Hindis or... Sikhs are nice people. They're <coughs> like the Mormons of the Middle East. Yeah, but even, nice. even Christians in the area, like Orthodox Christians in those areas, like they, 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 that's the culture. They dress that way. They always have. Yeah. It's, it, I like how clean their turbans are, though. The Sikhs? Very classy. On point. Just a toit. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, Bones Jones... He's, he's fighting. One, he's next fighting weekend. next weekend. That's right. So this will be released by the time that we and I this. really want to go watch it for the Vancouver Syndrome. Oh, like, you just want to fucking get I, him I know, annihilated. Like, he's one of those guys, right? I love to hate. I love he, to watch, hoping to see somebody find a chink in the armor because he's so damn. So he's so he's just so damn good. He's it rusty makes me and so smaller in this one. He is shorter. He's got less. Like he's. But we thought the same thing about GSP. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I want to see. I want to see John Jones get his like ass right? handed. Right, he's him. one of those guys. You're like, oh man, I want to see you get your ass handed but to you. You and know, he, there's a good chance and he's he gonna never win. does. He's fucking good. It, he it's is. a great business plan is to be that punchable. Yeah, <laughs> and and yet not be beatable. Like, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing like a good heel to drive business. Yeah, and he is a very good heel because everyone just sees through his shit. And they want to see him fight, and they want to see him win. They know he's the goat. He's very good. He is. Like, you can't take that from him. Some people mm-hmm. go like, he's not that good. No, he's fucking amazing. <laughs> he's very good. And I wish, I wish we could take it away, but we can't. The, the, like, maybe he was high during all those fights on cocaine and all that stuff that he has been convicted of, so I can say that shit. You can get- I love being able to say something. Yeah. Something is like allegedly. It's well, like no, everyone yeah, knows. That, that, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, sports very important. Well, simultaneously, calm your tits. Calm your tits. Don't be an asshole. Just new podcast. Calm your tits. <sighs> I'm really thinking about it now. <laughs> How do I? I can't call it calm your tits. <laughs> Oh, your wife! Your wife would be so disappointed in you. It's like you really, Michael. 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 She's got this thing when she wants Mike's attention in a negative way. There's a very specific way she says his name. Yeah, and it's priceless. It was funny one time I was working on a car. She's like, Michael, are those your work pants? And my buddy was there. Yeah, me and and the buddy. And we were like losing his shit. I'm like, it was so funny, so emasculated. (laughs) Well, I'm working in them. I'm literally (laughs) working in them. So now they are. We're working on a Camry, Toyota Camry. I picked up for like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. What a piece of shit. All right. What time are we at? Because we we don't have. Oh yeah, we don't have much space on this card. Oh, we still got an hour left. All right. Well, still. Fuck. I think Thanks. I think we've hit all our points. Anything you wanted to bring up? No, we got I'm tribalism. Good. We got economic. We got uh, the, the psychological of being that. Uh, I think we hit everything. There's not much more we can really tap into. Unless you want to tap into, I guess like stuff like. No, oh, we already. I guess we we did talk a little bit about like the the pomp and circumstance around the Super Bowl, but. Okay. <clears throat> I think in that one, it's more of a talking about 
music and retardedness of pop culture. Yeah, well, I do, I do have something I want to bring up then. The opposite of sports ball, the dumb jock ideals that people have towards people who love sports. The, oh, oh you, lo- you love sports ball, do you? And they just, like, look down upon anyone who... Oh, pays kind of attention. The, the douchebaggery. Yeah, the ivory tower people that are the, like, oh, you uh, like sports? You're you, must, you must be a redneck. A redneck simp. Oh, simpleton. We... I pray and hope that you've listened to this podcast enough to hear the part at the end where we say, God bless and don't be a dick. You might be being a dick. If, if you're like that when it comes to people who love sports or like them and maybe... You, that's the thing. I like some things and I don't expect other people to like them, but at least have an understanding that, yeah, it's something I like. Be fine with that. You don't have to like everything I like and you don't have to, I don't have to like everything you like. And I can step back and be like, oh, you're... Music. Unless you like soccer, in which case you're a flaming Fuck. homosexual. <laughs> have you told your parents that you're gay? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh yeah, and if you like soccer, they're no better. <laughs> they literally have hooligans <clears throat> fighting at every single event. They are the hooligan of hooligans. They have the yeah. most retarded fans. Uh, yeah, that is that is probably the sport that brings out the most insane fandom. Oh yeah, they're du- they're douchebaggery, and then they look down on f- football. They're like, oh, we're actually football. <laughs> if you look at the Euro, yes, we get it. America says football for for football for. It's what, because what, the ball is shaped like a foot. <laughs> maybe I don't know why they call it that. They kick it once a game or whatever it is. I know they kick it more than once. But still, like, oh, this game is played with your feet. Why don't they go? Don't be a douchebag. <laughs> they just don't like Elitist. watching teams Elitist. not score for three hours. It's like, ugh. I know soccer is becoming a thing and I still don't care. Same with cricket. I don't know how. Cricket is huge. It is. I don't understand the rules. That's my main problem. Maybe. I like. I watch it. I'm like, I don't understand anything that's happening here. So none of it means anything to me. <laughs> What's with the bells? Why do you have bells? I don't know. <laughs> Why are there three sticks behind the guy? I don't know. Do you knock them over? Do you not knock them over? Like what? I and and I don't know anybody who plays it that cares enough to tell me about it. Like nobody I know cares about this game, but apparently it's the biggest game in the world. It's bigger than soccer because India likes it. I think India likes it, and that's enough people to I make know. it the biggest game in the world. There's one of those countries that's like, it's behind this veil of Western ignorance. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking huge. It's so densely populated. It's such a big area. And it's just like, we know so little about Indian culture. Oh, yeah. So even, like, even the, even the we, just, we just don't factor it into any of our worldview. We're like, nope, too complicated. <laughs> I don't understand you. You know, what do you mean the, you don't kill a cow? I don't know. The, the best grade I ever got on a paper in college was a report on the economics of India. What? Yes. How ignorant was it looking back? I honestly don't remember. That was because that was the only, it was the only paper I ever wrote in college where all I did was regurgitate data. I hate doing I that. I just, I read textbooks. I'm like, well, that is a fact. And basically just, I just, I just wrote an essay of facts Yeah. with no, all you need to do is reference no, points. No, like, in, this no is interest, this. This no, is interest no passion, like, nothing. It was like, this is what I got to do. I guess I'm just going to be like, I thought it was the most. I thought I was going to get just bomb it. 
but yeah. it got like like a solid A plus, and they were like, "This is a really good paper." I'm like, "Fuck this!" I hated writing it with everything <laughs> in my being. And was, it was it a gonna... betrayal of conscience for you? Yeah, because I was like, I wanted to write. I wanted to write something about something I was interested in. I wanted yeah. to try to find some kind of detail or interesting angle or something on it. And there's none of that. I'm like, oh, this is what happened in, in you know, the economics of, of India in the era was like 1940 or no, it was before the World War II. Yeah, it was, it was the beginning of the 19th century. So they were still under British rule and all that stuff. It's just. You don't remember any of it, obviously. Blah. Yeah, I don't. E- I don't even remember exactly what era I was supposed to write about. It was mind-numbing bullshit. <laughs> I hated every second of writing that paper. But damn, did it ever do a good? Like, I got a really good mark on it. That's weird. I, I would it, have. A... It was so. It was so damn confusing to me. I had to write an essay on a book, and I got to choose the book, and I chose a book that my teacher never heard of, and I read like two chapters of it, and then I just did nothing for like months on end and then I'm like shit I gotta write an essay so I read the last chapter and I made up everything in between (laughs) and the teachers never read it so they're like okay I guess this is an essay this is an essay so how did it happen I was like oh it's really complicated really hard to explain (laughs) I'm not cut out for book work and writing and shit the fact that I'm doing this is (laughs) it's a problem (laughs) Anyways, uh, I don't know how we go. Oh, yeah, India. Fucking yeah. India. So so ignorant to it and not I'm even. fascinated. Don't even, I don't even care that I'm ignorant about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, I'm just, I'm glad there's something in the world that's mysterious to me, but I don't have the energy to crack that egg open. <laughs> no, it's too complicated. They got way too much shit going on there with the, with the Sikhs and the Muslims and the Hindus and the... I mean, that part actually interests me quite a bit. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I would love to actually do an in-depth study into the religious conflict or what their faith was about, like, the details, I, the I lore, feel all as that. If you I would, would need, fucking love that. I feel as if you would need, like, a giant corkboard and, and red yarn going from one end to the other and back and forth and then all over the place. It would just be hyper-complicated because of the way that I've heard it described in some podcasts that I listen to because I listen to history stuff. And, mm-hmm. And they talk about the Indian, uh, the, the, some of the uh, riots and protests and um, overthrowing of governments and how when they left, when when the British colonies actually left India, uh, it was Pakistan, India, and... I know, like, there's so much oh, there. so much if, dynamic. If, if I was to take an interest in actually investing in it, I'm sure it would be extremely rewarding. Oh, yeah. I just don't feel like I have the time. <laughs> and you are in the middle of Lord of the Rings. No, finished. you finished, you finished yeah, it. That's right. Just finished. I've been watching for my entertainment. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. You ever feel like you just came late to the game, but you're glad you came when you did? Because it's all there. I love I did, things with that are... The, oh, what was that? How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like, that whole series was done and dusted for years before I wound up finding it on Netflix and being like, okay, now I'm <laughs> now I'm checking it out. Yeah. Glad I did it. It was hilarious. Yeah. I'm doing that with uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Have you seen it? No. Nope. That's one I haven't watched a single episode. Disney Plus. It's on there. It's fucking gold. It's so funny. They, every, everything you're not allowed to say now, they say. With the, with the transsexuals, with the, uh, calling things gay, calling things retarded, calling things as they, like, it's gold. I'm like, this is very funny. 
I really enjoy this. <laughs> if you like this podcast, you're going to like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They take a guy who is a priest and be like, they tease him back to get out of the priesthood. <laughs> and somehow he gets addicted to crack all because of these people. <laughs> You have to watch it. It's I'll give very, it a shot. I'll give it a shot very for sure. funny. <laughs> All right. We should just let everything uh, die here. I think it was really good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, God bless. Don't be a dick. This episode has been brought to us by Kurt the Riffer Wells at Liquid State Audio. He is a guitarist producing and the mixing engineer. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>